This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. And Jack, Mm. here's where I'm at. I started last week's pod basically doing the open and just talking about how excited I was for baseball and how, you know, the whole offseason, the ups and downs. I was just, I'm ready. This week, I'm that much more ready for baseball, Jack. I can't wait. I need it more than I need air to breathe. I'm so ready. Carson Wentz, get out of my life. Eagles, I don't need to talk about you. Give me baseball now. That's how I feel. Hey, buddy. I thought you were going to say give me baseball or give me death. Um, and- oh, that would have been good. I should have said that. That's a disaster that I didn't say that. Should we restart? Give me baseball or give me death. We don't need to restart. Okay. Um, Did you think you screwed up the audio there? Was that no. a, almost a reason? Okay, we're good. No, it was not. Okay. I thought I thought you may have wanted to restart and maybe steal my line. Ah, and then, got yeah, you. Yeah. Got, no, I would never do that to you, Jack. Right. Steal your no. No. Come on. No. Who would ever you do, do that? that to me? It's the other way around, right? That's true. I so I I walked out of my house, or actually, I was <laughs> I was on a run this morning along the Schuylkill. And, oh, runner guy, uh, Jack. Listen, you know me. Any chance I can get that the, out there and uh, get some get some uh, asphalt underneath my feet? Is it? <laughs> talk about a great day to be me. But um, yeah, so I'm running along the Schuylkill. I turn around, look at the city. I'm baseball. just like, I'm just like, it's baseball. It's just you know, it's 50 degrees today. Punxsutawney Phil is always a fraud. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's just. Today was such a classic Northeast baseball weather. Like I was envisioning going out to either Bloom or Rustin and like, you know, having a practice and how fun it would have been. And like, I actually miss baseball practice, which is like crazy because I didn't like baseball practice. But um, yeah, every time it's that first warm day after a long winter, Uh, it's like, it's it's just baseball. 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 Um, um really really excited i'm in a really good mood i'm digging this team i'm excited let's get into it because i want to get to some of the guys who are already on the team and and some specific things in the absurdly low win total that vegas has put out for the philadelphia phillies and all that's that. right but outrageous I, I mean i actually felt personally affronted when it happened never mind the fact that they have not beaten that in the last three years i don't care it's an outrage and it's a slap in our faces. But first, um, before we get to that, like, and maybe a a good betting opportunity here with what we're about to talk about, Jake Odorizzi. All right. So we did our perfect off season. What was it like three weeks ago, a month ago now? And, and 
maybe the first name I said, but a name very high on my list on my perfect offseason was go sign Jake Odorizzi. Like, it just makes all the sense in the world. Now, rumblings about the Phillies being in on him. So, first of all, I look, we both know we're in on Odorizzi, but but the specifics of what Odorizzi could mean for this team, how realistic do you think it is? And more importantly, if they sign Odorizzi, they go over the tax. Does that mean, could it be more? Uh, so I don't think they're going to sign him. Um, I, I, I know, I know, I know. I was was in a great mood, Jack. I know. I, I just, you know, I don't think they're going to sign him just because of the, the luxury tax concerns. I don't think they're ready to go over it just yet. Um, but I, I tweeted this this morning and it had reached Mets Twitter, which is, I didn't know was a thing. Well, actually, I guess I knew it was a thing. Um, but you know, I was getting Mets Twitter. Yeah, I was getting like you know added. I was a lot of LMAOs. You know, a quote tweeted with LMAO. And Sounds like, like a horrible place, Mets Twitter. Oh, I mute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it reached there, and then I muted it, and I don't know. I like I haven't looked at it. Actually, yeah, I did look at it, and it was like ninety five quote tweets. I was like, oh, so this is going well. Um, See, it's a good thing that it was you, because if it were me, I would have never known it reached Mets Twitter because I wouldn't have known anyone replied to the tweet because I wouldn't have seen any of the mentions. So at oh, least it was you. So <laughs> you're so mentally true. strong. You know, James. No, I, just, I just don't check my mentions. Like, And even when I see it has nothing to do with mentally strong. Mentally strong is the rare times that I do check my mentions. I don't care at all what anyone says. So that's the mentally strong part. So you're right. I am incredibly mentally strong. But the not checking the mentions isn't an example of being mentally strong. It's an example of just being smart. That's <laughs> really what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I have, I have long doubted if you are a Philly guy, um, given that you grew up in New York City um, oh, and whatever. That. Yeah. But given how, given how mentally strong right. you are, given how mentally strong you are, and how you handle adversity, you know, it's 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 great to see. I mean, I I no longer have the. <laughs> I no longer have the concern of you so, not be, not being able to handle this city. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I I'm an old man, so I've got lots of years of practice to build up to this. Yeah, you just figured um, out Twitter. Yeah. Second of all, my dad went to high school with Reggie Jackson at Cheltenham High. So also I mean, it also it also a New York guy doesn't help your case. No, doesn't get more Philly than that. Cheltenham High, Jack. I mean, come on. And then uh, furthermore, uh, to the age thing, I so I actually had to like read it multiple times and do the math. But when you tweet it out or when the high hopes account, <laughs> not to, it could have been you. Curtain. It could have been it you. Totally could have been. been our intern. It could have been anybody. When the high hopes account tweeted out, James Seltzer will be 53 years old when the Fernando Tatis contract ends. Like, I couldn't believe that I actually, that was what I'll be. I'll be 50. That's actually the real age. Yeah. So for once you were like, this sounds so ridiculous. The reality is enough yeah. that I, that it doesn't have to be, oh, he's going to be 75 years old when this ends. So I was, I thought that was some. Uh, yeah. Well, I would just like to say uh, I was in conversations with a station in Indianapolis and I'm not going to send you there for a first round and a third round. Pick. <laughs> That's so a, I appreciate it. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, I we 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 fired the part time producer that we brought in to possibly uh, take your gig. Um, we, we, we 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 paid him a good salary. Um, we 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 paid him a good amount to get him to come here, but we ultimately decided to go in a different direction. We're fully committed to you, given how mentally tough you are. 
I, I appreciate it. No Look, problem. If you had drafted a producer slash host behind me, guess what? Yeah. I would have been able to handle it. Look at you. Unlike other people, all right? Look at you. Unlike other people. Yep. Well, Just saying. I appreciate it. Good riddance is what I'm trying to say. Let's get it back to the Phillies. Yeah, why are we talking about this? I, I hate this guy. I don't want to talk about him anymore. Phillies. I don't know. Where are we going? Where are we going with the Phillies? No, I don't know where were we. Um, oh, Odorizzi. So yes. You don't, right, right, right. So you don't. You don't actually think there's. You think there's some smoke, but not real fire. Yeah, like I think if they got. I think if they got him down to like six and a half million, I think they would do it. You know, right around six million for. You know, if they wanted to give him a couple of years, maybe maybe they could do the thing where they give him six this year and then they uh, give him twelve more. next year and even kind of something like that. Even though, next year or whatever. even though I'm pretty sure that still affects the luxury tax. I think I think it comes down to the average AAV. I think it does too, actually. Like for that reason, that they yeah. don't allow teams to have kind of chicanery. Yeah. So um, I don't think they're going to sign him. But the more interesting part to me is that they're continuing to look at starters, and to me, this is all about Spencer Howard. Um, and it's and I I just I had this overwhelming feeling that they are aiming to use him as a a fireman kind of guy. Like, remember when Sir Anthony first came up and it was like, we're not going to make him the closer. He's going to be the guy that gets outs in the 6th, 7th, or 8th inning when when uh, teams start making their run. And I kind of think the Phillies are, are planning to do the same thing with Spencer Howard just because, um, you know, they brought in all these names, right? They brought in Matt Moore. They brought in Chase Anderson. Vinny's still here. They're still looking at another starter um, to, to add to the mix there. And, I you know, I could see them waiting it out and signing like an Anibal Sanchez or something. But um, I just have this feeling that they want to manage Spencer Howard's innings. You know, that shoulder issue is there. Um, And really, it's not the worst thing in the world to say, hey, Spence, like we're going to manage your innings. Go give us three innings. Leave it all out there and kind of max it out in that in that standpoint. You know, it it lets them control um, how deep he goes. Uh, It lets them you know, actually maximize his potential for this season. Like, eventually, for Spencer Howard to live up to the the prospect status, like, he's going to have to get into that starting rotation. And I fully think he will at one point. But for right now, if you're worried about the shoulder, he's never pitched over 100 innings in any minor league season. He's still a pretty raw pitcher. Like, ha- telling him, like, hey, here, go give us two innings right now and, and shut this ball game down. You know, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. It it, it it doesn't put major mileage on that shoulder. He's not worried about throwing 90 miles an hour in the fifth inning. And and it's just two innings, two, three innings, go throw as hard as you can and and give us the best results you can. So I think this has a lot more to do with Spencer Howard than it does have to do with anything else in rotation because they keep looking to add guys. Yeah, I think it's a really fascinating theory. And I, I think that it does seem, and look, we've heard a lot of, buzz about that Jim Salisbury talking about today like we've heard people kind of alluding to the idea that they could use Howard that way and and from a this season competitive sense it makes a ton of sense like you 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 figure that and and look that's what we saw a lot with him last year in his starts was he would have two or three like really good innings or at least an inning or two that was really good then he'd start to falter and start to kind of wear down and the the velocity would dip and all that. So it does make sense from that perspective, from the keeping the shoulder healthy perspective, controlling in perspective. And again, like to the, what is the best version of Spencer Howard for this team this year? I think that makes a lot of sense. Like it, it does, but it does, you know, like you pointed out, ultimately, if we're not just worried about this season, if we're worried about the long-term 
viability of Spencer Howard, he has to be a starter. I mean, he has to be a starter. That's it. Like, you know, you know, your best case, if you want him to become this guy long-term is like a Josh Hader type of thing, you know, where you put him in the pen and he's lights out and can give you two, three, if you need him and just striking guys out right and left and just dominant. And then, it, you know, look, that's a really valuable weapon to have, but, um, you know, if Spencer Howard doesn't become a starter in the league. I mean, that's a, a disappointment, a flat out disappointment. And I agree with you that he will be, I, I, I'm okay with this is what I'm trying to say. I just, I worry a little bit about kind of getting him out of his groove, taking him out of that starter role and not having another year to progress as a starter because yes, like, yeah, he's never thrown a hundred innings in a season, but he's going to have to at some point if he's going to be a starting pitcher in major league baseball. So like, I don't know, like I, I agree with you. I think right now he's a best weapon for this team and most likely to be able to contribute throughout the whole season or a large portion of the season if he's in that role. But it is a little concerning, right? Yeah, I think it's a little concerning, um, especially when it seems like they kind of were willing to put Sixto in the JT trade because they believe so much in Spencer Howard. Um, but, yeah, it, it's definitely concerning long-term just because if, if they don't think that shoulder's ever going to hold up enough to, to pitch 100, 150 innings in a season, like – this might be best outcome, um, and I certainly didn't think that was the case when when he was coming up. So um, I hope it's not. But ultimately, you know, that's 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 something to worry about down in the future. I do think for this team this year, it's probably the best role for him to be in. And I agree. And it really gives them it gives them a legit weapon. I mean, his stuff is still disgusting. He should be able to throw ninety seven for those two plus innings, ninety seven, ninety nine, whatever. And then you hope that the slider and curveball all got better. But you know. I'm not giving up on Spencer Howard, the starter. I think this is just, you know, because you see guys like Sixto come up and it's like, wow, that's like special talent and whatnot. Like, I I still believe that Spencer Howard is, like, this is kind of what rookie young pitchers are. Um, so, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, Mitch Keller. We, we use him as an example, but I think it's a really a good guy. And he was, I mean, he had like an over ADRA in his rookie year, you know, that first whatever two months he was up or whatever. So I, I think you see that a lot with right. these high end guys, like the six though coming up and just being completely dominant is actually more the exception to the rule than the rule. I would say, yes, it just hurts that he was ours at one point. It's the worst dude. It's the worst. Cause like he gives you seven, no problem. Like it's almost yeah. like if he doesn't go seven innings, you're like, yeah, what's going on with six though today? Uh, like it, it's just, uh, I know. Uh, uh, but Jake, but, uh, but in all seriousness, I do think that if they, if they, if they do sign Jake Odorizzi, like it's not that's like you're you're in the playoffs if you say like it's it's a that big an upgrade for this team he's your three starter with Eflin is a four Eflin is a, Eflin's the best four in baseball not literally there are some teams with some really deep rotations but like he's right there like that's a a superstar four right there yeah Michael Franco is the best eight hole hitter in baseball um <laughs> but uh but uh, no, like what a throwback! I've I know. forgotten about that. That's good stuff, Jack. Odorizzi, like he's not unbelievable, you know. I mean, he he he's just a he's just a consistent, solid like three seven to th- four ERA guy that'll that should you know when he when he pitches he does obviously have injury history. Like for me, for me, the reason why I think it would help the team so much um, from like a, a possible playoff standpoint and people you know totally miss today on Twitter per usual. But like it just it just pushes everyone down into a spot that they're probably more comfortable in. Like Jacob Arizzi is not some super difference maker, you know, 
all of that, but he's a very good number three, number four. Like I actually, I believe Eflin's the three. Like I'm pretty. I think Eflin has a much higher ceiling than Odorizzi. I just think you can count on Odorizzi a little bit more. Yeah, I just believe in Eflin. Um, I agree. I think Eflin's ceiling is is definitely higher than what Jake Odorizzi would give you. I I'm I'm in on Eflin. Like I was gonna get to it, but like I'm I'm fully in. I I feel like last year I was fighting people on Zach Eflin. Like I just think Zach Eflin's good. I think he's a really good pitcher with a high ceiling in the sense that, you know, we've seen him go on these runs where, you know, for, you know, a start or in some cases, multiple starts in a row, he doesn't just look like a, uh, you know, a, a good start. He looks elite at times. And I don't think he's ultimately elite, but I think Zach Eflin's really good. And I think that people who are not sold on him are, are wrong, to right. be honest. Right. Two things real quick. Um, and then it allows it allows Chase Anderson and Matt Moore Vinny to be the five rather than the four or five, which is just massive. Um, and then yeah, on and you can e- rotate those guys in and out. You can give them rest when they need it. Oh, yeah. it just gives you so much more flexibility. It would be it would be great. But on Eflin, like I couldn't agree with you more. I just and for me, the reason why I'm more on him more in on him this year than in years past is is what he did last year strikeout wise. I mean, for for the years before, it was kind of like. Yeah, he's a sinker baller, a lot of hard contact. Not not a lot of hard contact, but a lot of contact, a lot of balls in play, um, all that good stuff. But last year, I mean, he was legitimately missing bats, like at a exactly. at, at a good rate. Like swing and miss stuff, like nasty stuff. Yeah, you're which, watching, you which know? which he had never flashed before. Um, Ever. And you know, you see the other day, he's talking about how he views himself as a one. Um, I think that's a good uh, kind of mentality to have, obviously. Um, working on the change up a little bit. Like I've always really enjoyed watching locked in Eflin. I mean, I think when we first, or maybe a little bit into this podcast, I think I called him the tunneling God. Um, Mm -hmm. just because, I mean, he just, he has a, he's a really good sense of pitching, but like last year he was up to 95 miles an hour. Like Eflin was legitimately throwing hard and striking a ton of guys out. I thought his curveball last year was a good addition, a good little, uh, uh, you know, uh, mix up pitch. So I, I just I think people are a little too down on Eflin given what he's done the last couple of years and how up and down he was or up and down he's been in his career. But I just I think this is the year it all comes together for him. And I don't know if he's, he's never going to be a one, never going to be a, uh, like maybe a low end two. But like he was going to he's going to be a a very consistent performer this year that will mix in those random complete games. But he, I don't think he's going to have the 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 uh just completely falling apart like two week two or three week stretch that he's had in years past. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 percent with you. Now he um, does have right. now he does have to beat the Braves. Like I'm sick and tired of the wow. Eflin yeah. just stinking yeah. against the Braves. But that's yeah. really every starter on this team. That's the Phillies. Um, all right. So quickly, uh, let's let's uh, live in a again because I I do agree with you. Ultimately, if I had to bet on will they sign it or easy or not, I would bet that they don't. Um, but let's live in a world where they do and they decide, look, cause I do think that for the first time in a long time, I, I, you know, you've been preaching it for a while, but I, I do believe with what Dombrowski has been able to get Middleton to do with Harper's comments about Dombrowski, we'll get to that, all that stuff. But I, I do think that Dombrowski has Middleton's trust. And I think that, I think that if they're my philosophy going into the season is if they're a good team, like a real true competitive team that Middleton will allow Dombrowski to make trades to go over the cap if they need to at the deadline to bulk up the team. I think that'll happen. Like I believe they're willing to go over the deadline. I think in a perfect world, they don't want to go over the deadline this year. I think they're kind of looking more towards next year, but 
But if they're in a scenario here where Odorizzi is just cheaper than he should be and it's a value signing, do you see a world where – because once you go over, what is it, like $30 million before you hit that next phase of the cap? So, like, once you're over, it's like, why not go a little more over, theoretically? Like, is there a world where they say, you know, screw it, we're going to sign Odorizzi and we're going to go JBJ to play center field and let's, like, take a shot? Huh. 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 Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no? You don't think so? No! 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 No, I'm sorry, on, buddy. John, I know, I know. You're you're a little you're getting a little, a little fired up over there. I mean, I, know. I mean, let's not get but ahead like, of ourselves. Can, but like, I agree, and I don't think that'll happen. But like, you can understand like a logical world where that makes a lot of sense. Well, especially for this team. especially uh, we talk we talked about this a lot last year about why we wanted to go over is because the Arietta contract comes off the books and and all that stuff. Um, but but you could make the case like hey we got money coming off next year as well like go over this year you could probably reset it if you need to um you know until until he goes over the tax like <laughs> i'm not going to buy exactly. it exactly same but but i do i do think that if they are i think if they're in it at the deadline i do think he's going to go over it and i and i think he trusts Dombrowski with his money and i don't think he would feel like he's throwing money away at a at a bad roster because ultimately like they all have to understand that this is they have three years. I mean, if we're being serious, like three years with this core. Obviously, they can rebuild towards the end of Bryce's contract, all that stuff. But like for this core, it's three years. You have three years to really do it. So like, why not? I guess. But honestly, like, I'm just happy that that, that they've spent to this point. And I know that's you know kind of a cop out, but like, I'm I'm happy they spent to this point. I'm ha- I just. I'm just satisfied heading into the season. I mean, they, they still have the fourth highest payroll in baseball. That's crazy. So, no, I, I, I'm with you on that. But, like, I I agree. Look, you can't knock them for not spending. But at the same time, like, like why half-ass it at this point, right? Like, when you look at this situation, especially in an offseason, we're like, look, whatever Jake Odorizzi signs for at this point, he's going to be a value. Whatever JBJ signs for, which will probably be a one-year deal at this point, he's going to be a value compared to what he should get in a normal offseason, a normal market. So I agree with you, and I agree with what I think they'll do and all that, but like, there is a real argument to be made to take advantage of this situation, to take advantage of these lower prices, and to say, look, if we're going to go over, if we're willing to go over at the trade deadline if we have a good team, because I do believe that. I do believe that... If they're sitting there in first place at the deadline and they got a squad and they're winning games, like they'll go over because they're going to add to that team. Like I do believe that when, I don't know, again, I'm the one who's always said he has to go over for me to believe he'll go over. But like I, I believe that the way this is trending is that if they're legit, he'll go over. Like, why not go over? Like, why not do it now and have JBJ for a full season, have Odorizzi for a full season, and then all of a sudden you're like, a team, your playoff team. It's like the uh, it's like the old uh, Hall of Fame argument. Like you know, he's a Hall of Famer when you see a Hall of Famer. Like what what is one year gonna do? Yeah, absolutely, it is. Listen, I I agree with you. I agree with you. And and I, I the Odorizzi thing is gonna be really interesting. Um, because I think they're what are they about eight under right now? Or they? Tw- are they I didn't 12? even think it was that much, but it's somewhere in that range. Yeah, I actually think they might be. I think they might be twelve under. It might be twelve under with the because uh, I think it's one hundred ninety eight million whatever and it's two tens attack. So um, the the Odorizzi thing is gonna be interesting because I think if they if they look at this team, they they have to see what we see about the four or five. You know, um, so it's gonna be interesting what they do there. I I think he's gonna go over at the deadline. I w- I would be shocked if he goes over now. I would like to be surprised, but 
Um, it sure is a nice thought to think. It is, isn't it? Like, I what know. a fun way to Welcome think. Welcome back. It's fun. And look, and to your, yeah, exactly. At least to your point, even if they don't. And what, like, again, my point kind of goes contrary to the, hey, at least they've spun as much as they have. But my point doesn't happen without them spending as much as they have. So I, I do agree with you on a, a basic level. Um, all right. I, I want to get into a few other things. Um, quickly, I mentioned it before, but we both agree that the over-under of 81 and a half is, is ludicrous. In, but, and I'm with you. I agree. I think it's ludicrous. I really believe they will win more than 81 and a half games. And yet, and yet, I have to check myself. Because we've done this exact same time of year podcast three years in a row now or whatever. And we have said, oh, they'll win more than 81 games. Like, they're not going to be a 500 baseball team. And scene. So, like, I'm with you. I saw this and my gut was like, I've I've generally been around 84, 85 with, with upside is kind of where I see them. But and that's why I do feel like this is this is low. Like they're in eighty three. Uh, if I thought it'd be eighty three, eighty two and a half, eighty three, whatever. Like eighty one and a half definitely feels low. But like, tell me why when they have not won more than eighty one games or like in a shortened season more than five hundred. Like, tell me why this is finally a time with with in fairness while they've made good they've had a good off season like. For the most part, let's be real, it's the same freaking team. You know, the, the bullpen we hope is better, and their RG Bradley alone is better, but like the moves were run it back type moves. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Listen, honestly, this is the High Host podcast. <laughs> this, this is the High Host podcast. I'm presenting the t- other I side. I know, here, but Jack. it's like there's no other side here. I will quit this podcast. If they don't win more than 81 games this year, that is a freaking joke. Would you stop? You sure, should I edit that out just in case? Should I be going to play? We gonna, you feel that no one confident? Listens, no one listens to what we say anyway, okay? No it's one's going to remember this. Um, no one brought up my Kingery thing until you brought it up. So, like, whatever. Like, honestly, you know, the, 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 oh, they ran it back, same team, blah, 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 blah. The, the bullpen is much better than it was last year. Just – just top to bottom. I mean, you, you said they, they added legitimate guys back there. What are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? It's not the same bullpen. It's not freaking Dealey's Gara being our setup guy. Like, it, now instead of Hector Neris being the closer, it's Hector Neris in the eighth. Then you have Spencer Howard to get a factor in in the seven, eight, nine. And then you have to add in the Kinslers and all these guys to go along with Archie Bradley, Jose Alvarado, Tony Watson. Like, would you stop? What do you stop with the same team as last year? They're the top six offense in the league last year, and they're adding a whole 162 of Alec Bum, which is like, I mean, that's a reason enough to look up or wake up in the morning and just be excited. Like, enough with your 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 wambulance, okay? Break out the wambulance. You were you're around Zoe for too long today. I mean, seriously, they're going over 81 and a half wins. And, and listen, I, I I'll say it again. I'll quit this podcast if they don't go over eight one half. Wins. Okay, I look. I appreciate that. No, but again, look, 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 I, you I'm say, just you know, presenting you, no, no, the no, no, other no, 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 no. side, Jack. No, no, we no. We did this. No, we've done this. I have to talk to the listeners who are sitting there saying, like, look, no. I, I'm optimistic. I'm excited too. But didn't you guys do this? No. Didn't you say like eighty six wins last year? Didn't you say ninety the year before? Yeah, we did. I never said, said ninety. That Jack. No, I never said ninety. I never said that. This this, this okay. is the best. Check this is the tape. this is the best I've felt about about this team in the last three years. Even the even the Harper year. Even the Harper okay. year. But I would just like to say this, James. And I would like to say this to you, is because you've said this at least four times on this podcast over the last few weeks. They did not run it back with the same team. 
It is not the same team. You look at that bullpen and tell me it's the same bullpen as last year. They have one hole on offense, and it's center field. And when McCutcheon can't play. Okay, okay. They fix backup catcher. Get Jeff Mathis in there. Real media is going to be fine. He's, there's going to be no lingering effects from the thumb. And Jake Arrieta is gone. Okay? Jake Arrieta is gone. And what you have not factored in when you talk about, oh, it's the same team, is Dave Dombrowski is here. And if there's... <laughs> And if there, and if there's one thing that I what know, a turn. I know. What a turn. If there's one thing that I know about my guy Dave Dombrowski is the guy knows how to put together a ball club. There's not going to be holes. There's not going to be like roster things that make no sense. You know, you're not going to like just enough, okay? With with the with the negativity, the people don't want to hear it. If they if they go under 81 and a half this year, I will quit this podcast. Okay. I'm sorry that I felt like I was talking to you, but I feel like I had to talk. <laughs> you had to have a talk with me because I presented you're, the other side of a discussion. You're in timeout. I said I think they're way over 81 and a half. No, no, no. You're in timeout. You're you're in podcast timeout. <laughs> they, they did everything to, to build the bullpen. It's the best bullpen in the history of baseball. Thank cool. you. Thank you. You are the easiest sell. I like <laughs> there. You know that like the cliche, and there are many versions of it. But the the you could you, you know I could sell ice to an Eskimo. You are an Eskimo who would buy ice. That's you. Ah, uh, that's fine. Well, only on the Phillies. But is that like one of those? You buy Phillies Phillies ice. Is that one of those dumb like sayings that you guys were talking about yesterday? You know that saying. Come on, you've never heard that saying. I, I could thought sell it was. I thought Eskimo. it was sell a timeshare in Florida or something. That's why I well. <laughs> that's why I said there are multiple versions of this saying. Uh, I think ice to an was like the most common one I've heard. Yeah, but yes, I've never it is one of those sayings, Jack. Okay. Don't rip them. They're awesome. Like when pigs fly. What a saying. It doesn't what make any saying. sense. When hell freezes over. What a saying. I mean, come on, six and one half dozen in the other. It's a saying. That's a lot, honestly. I think I had like a couple. I, I only that's all you got. Oh, I could, I could probably go all day. I don't right. want to that. Well, I don't want to. I don't, think... I don't want to subject our listeners no. to that. So, nor, nor nor do I. Nor do I, Jack. I'll just say what comes around, goes around. That's right. So, it's one of my faves. All right, Dubrowski, quickly. Yes. Um, my guy, Bryce Harper's guy. Bryce coming out and really kind of being very frank and uh, uh, you know commenting about how you know Dave Dombrowski being here and getting here was kind of. What made him feel good about the Phillies? What do you think about what Bryce had to say about Dombrowski and how it kind of look it jives with again? We are reformed Dave Dombrowskiites, all in on Dave, but we didn't always think that way. What do you think about what Harper had to say? Uh, it was it was fascinating, um, and honestly, I, I appreciated it from the standpoint of uh, I think Bryce's uh, Bryce felt the way that all of us felt. It was like, uh, where's the direction of the team going? What are we doing here? Um, are we going to spend any money? Are we going to cut, uh, you know, cut payroll? Am I going to be sitting here next year on a, on like a what a seventy-five win ball club? I mean, is JT coming back? All this stuff. So I just appreciated that Bryce was looking at it from our point of view. But um, it is nice to have the star player like be all in on the organization. I know Bryce has been all in with the sign JT stuff, but it's nice that he. Is not kind of looking over his shoulder like, you know, I'm going to go out here and bust my ass like I do for every game, um, and the organization's not going to back me up. And also, 
Um, I think the most important thing from the Bryce Dombrowski thing was that it, it, it made him not lose faith in John Middleton. Because I think Bryce was like, this guy came out to, to, to Las Vegas, you know, wine and dine me, sold me on the Phillies, all this stuff. I get here, and two years later, we're cutting payroll, and we're talking about, you know, shedding all this salary. And sure, that might have been Middleton's original goal. I'm not sure that it was. But bringing in a guy like Dombrowski and, and letting him and trusting him with the money um, and, and bringing in bringing back JT and bringing back DD and, and making the upgrades that they did. Like it just, it just gives John Middleton. It doesn't lose a big fan of his and Bryce Harper. Cause I think Bryce was teetering on the, what are we doing here club? And I think he might've lost his superstar and that's not a great thing to have two years into a 13 year contract. Yeah. Look, we talked about it. We said one of the things, if, if they don't sign JT, it's almost like how long till Bryce asked for a trade. Um, I'm with you. And, and again, I think that's, I think that's the thing that you and I underrated with our initial reactions to Dabrowski. We were strictly looking at situations and the right person for that situation. And it didn't feel like Dave Dombrowski's history and how he went about, you know, building teams essentially was the right type of guy for this situation. And I think we misjudged that, particularly from a credibility standpoint. Like, and I think you're seeing it with what Bryce said, and I think you're really seeing it around baseball. Like baseball respects Dave Dombrowski. Like baseball people think Dave Dombrowski is legit. And I do think there is something that comes with that. Like, you know, you and I are both Sam Hinkie guys. We were all in on the process. We believed in that guy. What happened it was a travesty and all that. But I do think when you talk about Sam Hinkie, I think the one issue Sam Inky had was the way the rest of the league looked at him and the way the rest of the league respected him in terms of making deals and all this type of stuff where they, you know, I think that hindered him at least a little bit, a certain amount or whatever. And I do think that Dave Dombrowski being the, having the reputation he has, having the pedigree he has for an organization that felt rudderless, particularly with Andy McPhail in charge. Um, I do think we underrated the the just flat out um, respectability and um, you know that that, that kind of he brings to a franchise and what it means for the players on that franchise and for the the what the organization is viewed like throughout baseball and by other players and other front offices and all that. I think we underrated Dave Dombrowski. At least I think I did. Um, yeah, I would agree with you. Um, it, it gives them a, a level of credibility, but I, I don't want to go too far in that direction just because I, I felt the same way about Girardi and it didn't really manifest itself in year one. You Fair, know, but it's a much, much, much more important role that is. Dave Dombrowski has than Joe Girardi. It is. It is. And I think, I think it does add a level of credibility. And ultimately I do think it, it, it gave that the guys in the team an extra, you know, pep in their step, you know, it got them, it was like, all right. We're going to be good Make them believe. Yeah. It's like, all right, they care. Middleton cares. Like yeah. He doesn't, you know, so I, I'm with you. I also, really do. I really do wonder where they go, where they would have gone had Dombrowski not picked up for the third time. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I don't want to. I worry. Remember, remember like the, uh, uh, who's that awful, uh, the guy from the Yankees. Jim the, Hendry. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, buddy. Man, thank like, God. Ned Coletti? Ned Ugh. Coletti? Like, Ugh. yeah, I, I, it worked out. Thank, I, we're all good. Thank God that Dave Dombrowski picked up. 
All right, quickly, before we move on from Bryce Harper, I just, a public service announcement. And it's a shame because it's not, it's not the High Hopes listeners who are, like, everyone who's listening is going to be like, yeah, duh, like, I know, like, you're not telling me anything you know. But this is more a public service announcement to make sure that you don't let people get away with this, whether it's Joe DeCamera or any of these other people or whatever. But, like, all the people who are, like, giving Bryce crap for being like, oh, he's like pandering and oh, the stupid fanatic cleats. Oh, like he's trying to hard. Screw you. Like, screw you. All I, all we ever wanted in this town is an athlete who gives a bleep about us. Like, that's it. Who like actually cares about the way he presents himself in thinking, will my fan base like this? Will they appreciate this? I, it infuriates me. It it drives me up a wall when people are going at right oh, over the Philly guy like BS all that like no like this guy gives a crap like at least he cares what we think at least he gives a crap about about finding ways to relate to us to to get us to to uh, associate with him to look at him as someone we would want to root for and for that whether it's real whether it's fake whether it's pandering whatever bravo Bryce Harper. You deserve every ounce of credit in the world for actually giving a crap about your fan base and what your fan base would like and want out of a star player. So to every one of those haters, haters out there, go away. Don't root for Bryce Harper. We don't want you on the Bryce Harper bandwagon. Go root for someone else because stop ripping my dude for caring about his fan base and trying to make his fan base happy. Thank you. Yeah, it's a little much, but I I got you. No, stop. No, it's it's perfect. Bring it, Price. <laughs> well, I don't feel like uh, Clearwater. Bring it. Uh, uh, I actually like the Clearwater shirt. I I, I appreciate because it's great. It's awesome. Here, do you I, think? Do you think that? Okay. Do you think? Do you think Bryce has a uh, has a hoagie mouth? Do you think he's working would, on it? Yeah, I think he's working on it. I would love to say. I would love for him I, to do one post game interview. Like, yeah, what's happening, fellas? Yeah, Dan Clearwater. Don't go check. There, I do have one caveat to that. Okay. One tiny, minuscule little caveat. Okay. He should come on the I Hope Spot if he really wants to, you know, really relate to the fans. I mean, and care about the fans who really, truly care about him. He should be on the I Hope Spot. But other than that, you're perfect. We will be, we will, we are easily pandered to. Um, oh my god! <laughs> I, I just said, I just said, give me more pandering. I, I love know, it. I know. Um, uh, I I have long been anti-pandering, but I gotta be honest. I love when Bryce does it. Thank you. See, that's my point. That's my point. It's awesome. Keep doing it. Um. All right. Couple other things quickly. Uh, we mentioned it just in passing earlier, but are you at all concerned about the Romino hand broken hand injury? Like, is or, or like. You were like, you know, I know you were, I couldn't tell if you were serious or not. We were like, oh, it's all fine. No worries. But d- does it worry you at all? Uh, so do you want to know? <laughs> do you, uh, do you want my. Let us inside the diseased mind of Jack Fritz. Yes. Do you honestly want to know what my first thought was? Yes. Was like. Literally. Was like, wow, Jose Alvarado must be nasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can actually confirm that because I will tell people that when Jack texted me about it. He the first thing he said was some I don't remember so it was something like I I think what it was was I texted him like real muto like bleep whatever and he goes yeah but do you know through the pitch <laughs> like it was like it, that was your first thought yeah I know now what what pokes holes holes in that theory or whatever 
is I think it was like a curveball in the dirt. Like I thought, honestly, my first thought was like, oh, it was a 98 turbo sinker that he caught on the thumb. Um, so it, it being just a curveball in the dirt uh, doesn't get me as excited. But, um, no, I am not worried about JT. He's still catching uh, bullpens, which is good to see. He's obviously not hitting or anything yet. Um, and I don't think it's going to be like – I mean, it's a, ultimately, like, it's his top hand on when he's batting. So, like, it, it wasn't the bottom hand, which is big. Uh, obviously, the throwing hand is an issue, but I'm not too worried about him throwing. Like, that's, like, the least part of it. I mean, I think he's going to be fine back there. So, uh, I am not worried about JT. Uh, he will be ah, – but like, and here's my thing. Here's my thing with him and Reese is like, I know everyone wants to be there for opening day, opening day special, and all that stuff. But like, don't rush it back. Like, it's 162. You got to think about 162 over opening weekend and all that stuff. So I hope that they they play it smart and just kind of you know, go from that standpoint. 100% agree, and I'm not super concerned, but I agree. Play it smart. Speaking of Reese, though, I do think uh, if I'm not mistaken, I saw a tweet from you. Uh, you think people are underrating Reese a little bit? Ah, oh, so like, it's just. Like, I, sw- I swear, people just, like, make up narratives about Reese. And I hate the word narrative, but whatever. Like, I swear. Like, pe- oh, like pe- love the word narrative. It's such a good word. Like, the, like I pe- know it's been overused, but it's just a good word. I know, but, like, people people just, like, make up this, like, he was bad last year thing and, and all of that. Like, yeah, I understand that he got off to a slow start. I, I, I totally get it. But, I mean, the guy was a legitimately good player before he got hurt. I mean, I, I put it out there, but he was bad in the last 20 games or whatever. 275, 348 OBP. Uh, you know, over a thousand OPS, all that stuff, and I know it's not a whole season and all that, but like he was, he was starting. It felt like he figured it out. It felt right. like he got past the the horror show of the end of of twenty nineteen and the beginning of twenty twenty. Yeah, and ultimately, like he was getting maleyed. You know, John Maley was was ru- was ruining him. <laughs> um, so like he was overcoming that. He came into spring training last year with a whole new like swing or whatever, and just it clearly didn't work. Like he went back to his old ways and. And that was a good thing. Like the guys hit that way for his whole life. Why would you change it in one off season? Um, and I think working with Joe Dillon and all that stuff, you know, getting a full year with Joe Dillon and, you know, we're, we're starting to see the real Reese Hoskins and it's unfortunate that he got hurt, but like, you know, people are like, ah, oh, you know, trade him and all this stuff. And he's not going to be here anyway. Like, I just, I don't think that's fair to Reese. And I think he's a much better player than sometimes he's given credit for around here. I agree. Um, I'm with you. I, I really liked what I saw from him in the second half of last season. And 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 look, I do think there is something to be said. And Joe Girardi's talked about it when he was on with Angel the other day. Like, I think he's talked about how weird it was for the coaches last year, and how it was tougher for them to really work with guys in a in a detailed way and put their hands on guys and all that type of stuff. So you hope that with a full 162, a, a normal season, the normal ups and downs and home games and all this type of stuff, that you you feel like. Um, hopefully that that coaching staff, especially with obviously Girardi and Dylan, but you know, with Cotham coming in particularly, um, can have a bigger effect on, on the players and all that. I, I do, I don't give a full pass, but I do give the coaching staff a bit of a pass for last season with the weirdness and all of it. Um, quickly, uh, just how good is Alec Bump going to be this year? I think we're starting to, to see a little excitement, you know, the, uh, a little bit of adjustments he's made, all mm. that kind of stuff. Um, am I like crazy to think that he's just going to be a stud from the jump and there aren't going to be downturns and this guy's just going to be a 300 hitter? Yeah, like, I is know. That, is that going to happen? I know. I've fought the same thing because I just don't want to ever think about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough because, you know, sophomore slumps are real. Um, yeah, it happens over and over and over again. Yeah, but like, I don't know. 
Like I, I just think he's such a talented hitter, and he's such like a like. It's not like he's a big strikeout guy. You know, you could definitely yeah. see that coming with the strikeouts. You could usually predict a, a bit of a sophomore slump, but the guys he lead it, putting the bats at the ball. Um, and I actually like. I love the swing changes. He's he's slowly started to make. You know, people were freaking out like, oh, you know, why would you mess up a good thing? Well, because he doesn't want to hit ground balls all the time. You know, for as much as I love Bohm, it was a lot of ground balls, um, a high babip, as we like to say in the bibs and the biz. But Got lucky, yeah. Um, but I actually really really liked the um the, the swing changes he was making. He's he's starting to pull the ball because ultimately that's that's the next thing that he's gonna have to 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 do is is pull the ball with power. Um, he only did it a couple, like, I think he had what one home run last year with to left field. The other two were to, to right center and center field. So, um, that's the next kind of step of his, of his, of his game really is, is the pull power. I don't want him to turn into a dead bull hitter and I don't think he will, but, um, that's kind of the next evolution. That's how he, that's how you go from a 20 home run guy to a 35 home run guy. So, um, I really like the swing adjustments that we saw the other day in that quick, uh, Phillies highlight thing. Um, but yeah, it's like, cause I'm with you too. Like, I, I know this is what we do around this time is like, we talk ourselves into like every player on the roster, but best there's season best shape of his life. Oh, uh, uh, and there's a new one out there right now that is making me even more excited than he has a new pitch. But, um, but with Bohm, it's like, it's like, I just, I just think that guy's going to bet 300 and, and hit 25 to 30 homers and, you know, get all the big hits that they need. And I, I genuinely cannot wait for 162 of Alec Bohm. I know it's not going to be 162, but you get the I point. I know you tweeted it. Oh, uh, it's like, just like I'm just, just like sitting here thinking about I was it. Just, I was just sitting there thinking about it last night. Like, dude, oh, makes, I know. Dude makes hard contact, and then it's 50 degrees today. Walking around, you know, it also feels like Alec Bohm weather. So, um, yeah, I'm just so fired up. And I was going to say this for the take bag, but I, I might as well do it now. Like, uh, they asked him about like his defense in the in the Zoom call yesterday. And like the intensity in his eyes of like <laughs> of like I'm gonna figure it out is is oh, I was I was just like oh you believe you're it oh I'm just giddy he was he was just like he was like yeah the the haters have motivated me and like just was wow. was just like deadpanned about it and I was like oh my god well because did I ever... I mean he's got a lot of work to do I'll yeah say. but I will say this like I will say this. I didn't notice it as much late in the year. Like when he first got up, it was a disaster. I agree. I agree. But, I agree. It did seem like he settled in a bit. Yeah, and the game well, the game's gonna slow down for him and all that good stuff. Well, all right. So this is actually a perfect segue, and I only have two more things I want to get to, and then we get to the take bag. Somehow we always go so much longer than I ever. I thought this would be like thirty minute podcast, but yes. hence. That's why we do what we do. Um, perfect segue, because my brother has been really on me to read an article that he sent to me. Uh Joshian, I don't know if I'm sure there are enough disease baseball fans on here that some people know who Joe Sheehan is, but um, he does a newsletter and it's a really, really, really great buy. Like it's like, it's not expensive for the year and you get it every day. And it's just like, it, it, you have to really love the rest of the league. Cause it's obviously not often about the Phillies. It's about baseball and about other teams and all that, but you every once in a while I'll be on the Phillies, but regardless, it's a really good read and it comes from email. It's nice, but he did one on the Phillies a couple weeks ago that my brother sent to me that, that um, it took me a while to get to, but I, I think that sometimes with analytics and people who cover the league nationally and watch teams, uh, you know, watch a lot of baseball, but don't watch a team every night like we do. Sometimes you can miss things. I do think that you're watching 160 
162, whatever, of the Phillies, you get a better feel for that team than anyone possibly could by just looking at numbers. And, a spot, and especially but, when you listen to the Hiles podcast in addition. Well, obviously. Right. I mean, come on. That goes without saying. But he had a really interesting piece about how historically bad the Phillies have been defensively the last three seasons and how it has not just been a one-year thing, how it has been a consistent thing. And I I do think that a lot of it, particularly with the numbers with um, – Balls put in play that were turned into hits, like historically bad type stuff. Um, I do think a lot of it was truly bad pitching, like a, a bad bullpen that just got hit really hard. But do you at all worry? I mean, he made a very compelling case. And again, I do think part of it is not watching the team every night. And there were holes in the argument. But on a macro sense, he did make a very compelling case that the Phillies defensively are are a truly deficient team and that. They're just not quite good enough in the other areas to make up for how bad they are defensively. Um, where do you come down on that? Because we haven't, we don't talk a ton about defense. Um, you know, we talk enough, but um, numbers-wise, they've been a, a horrendous defensive team the last few seasons. Well, I wonder. It's tough for me to gauge uh, before last year. You know, like I, I didn't, I didn't watch last year's team and come away thinking, wow, they're a bad defensive team. Like there was sure there were some things like the DD ball in Buffalo, um, and boom, some some miscues he made and McCutcheon not having the same range he used to have and center field in general has just not been great. Um but like this is a bad first baseman. Like Well he is. I put but last year I thought I really thought I I didn't think he was a sieve over there. Like I actually thought, I thought he improved, but he's still bad. Like he's still bad. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's great. But I also think that like remember I mean before there was the Phillies bullpen, there was the Phillies defense of 2018, which was oh yeah. Which I was, mean, reason left field yeah. is the worst thing I've ever seen defensively on yeah. a night to night basis. Yeah, I mean, you had Reese in left, you had Kingery at you know shortstop or second or third or whatever. Um, you know, like like you had some like that 2018 team, and the plus like. Do you remember the story about they were just shifting wrong the whole time, like the first oh, half? Well, that was the yeah, that was. Unreal. Yeah, it was Unreal. it was a disaster. So yeah, the 2018 team was legitimately the worst defensive team I've ever seen in my life. Like not even literally, like, bar literally, none. yeah, bar none. Like the worst I've ever seen in my life. 2019 slowly getting a little bit better, but you know. So so that's the question though. Is it possible that like yeah they're better now than they were in 2018 by a lot, but that they're still like really bad? You know. Yeah. Well, I don't think I definitely don't think they're great defensively. I mean, I mean. But I do also think that McCutcheon is going to be healthier this year. That should help give him some range. I think Bones is better defensively um, just through all the work that he's been putting in. I think Segura is a better second baseman than we give him credit for. Um, like I actually, I actually thought he was really impressive last year when he played there. Um, and then with, with center field, I'm anticipating Kingery taking that job and running with it. Um, and I do think that if Kingery played out there every day, I do think he would be an adequate center fielder with – with uh, ability to get the balls. Like, I think Roman Quinn was terrible out there, and, and Hazley just didn't have the kind of range that you need in center field. So I don't buy the they're a bad defensive team. I think they're an average defensive team. Okay. Yeah, I think they're below average, but I, I agree. Look, when I – I thought it was worth bringing up because metrics-wise they really are, but I, I thought it was something where I think when you watch them every night, they're not quite as bad no. as the metrics say. I think it was a lot more pitching being just truly all-time horrendously awful. but. Right. I thought it was interesting to bring up. All right, last thing, and I will let you uh, – I'm going to let you – I'm not going to bring up the guy okay. because I know you're going to talk about him in your take bag, so I'm going to leave that for you. Last thing I have is uh, we actually know, Jack, when we can turn on our televisions and watch the Philadelphia Phillies, the spring training schedule is 
buddy. Pretty awesome. I don't know about you, but March 1st can't get here soon enough. Um, it seems like you can watch a lot of these games on MLB TV. Um, if you have that, which is really cool for me and you who have that. Um, what a, and, a, and a fair amount on oh, it looks like actually a real fair amount on it NBC seems like Sports as well. That looks more like, than in like years past. The right? first ten or so, or first eight or so, are all on NBC Sports Network. So really, like we're gonna get to watch the Phillies play a little baseball soon. Spring training baseball, but still baseball, Jack. Well, yeah, and I and I, I, I kind of thought that there was more than usual, and it looks like there is. I'm not I, I don't I'm not gonna break down old spring training TV schedules, but and I wonder if that's because I don't think. Like, I don't think T-Mac and the guys are down there. I think they're here. And I think that th- the, all they're going to do is just take the opposing team's feed and and make it their own, like even on road games, you know? So I wonder if that's why we're getting more um, more spring training games this year. So I don't know, man. I'm just so giddy. I mean, I'm, I'm furious. So giddy. I'm just furious that Sunday is not going to be on TV anywhere. You know, that, that, that genuinely makes me upset. I like. I would love to break down two innings of Ivan Nova as much as the next guy. Oh, I know you would. I know you would. <laughs> as much, yeah. Oh, I'd, I know you would. But you know, whatever. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. It'll be okay. It'll but be um, be yeah, it just seemed like there was a good amount. And honestly, like, I just can't wait to because I'm not. I'm not gonna be able to watch him at work, which is gonna be like it's gonna drive me freaking nuts. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna. I don't want. I so I I love that about you. Like I can't have the TV on when I'm producing. I turn it off. I'm sure you know because you have to turn it on when you go in if you want to watch anything. I can't. It distracts me too much if I'm producing my show. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I'm too invested in the show to like. Oh, I got you. Okay, so not that you can't watch because it won't be on. You can't watch because you can't do the show and watch. Got you. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I won't. Co-sign. I won't watch till I get home. So Co-sign. I. Uh, Co-sign. Um. But I just, I, I just, I can't wait to get home and sit down and do it like, like an invested deep dive, like an oh, invested yeah. deep dive back into the, back into the. Let's go! <sighs> I need it. I need. I, I know. Need it so bad. Like I'm so. I really, I almost, I felt like last season was such a sham and also such a disappointing season for Phillies fans and also just such a not fun watch to have to as we talked about a million times with the bullpen and how it just made it not fun to watch, knowing that no game was safe or no game you felt comfortable, whatever. Like it just sucked. Last year sucked. I, I, I'm not breaking news here. 2020 sucked for everybody across the board, but specifically the Philly season and baseball as a whole sucked ass last year. So it really feels like we've been waiting two years for this. That's kind of where I'm at and why my excitement level is extraordinarily high for yeah. this season. Even though you said they're a lock to loop, uh, not win 81 games. Not say that. Go back and check the tape, Jack. All right, take bag time. I'm, I'm at. We're done. Uh, I gotta put my daughter. Uh, like 30 minutes past my daughter's bedtime. My wife's texting me like, "How's it going?" I'm like, "It's going. It's going as fast as I can here." Yeah. All right. Well, then I'll get you out of here on this. Anything for Ohio. I actually it don't. Is what, she knows that it is what it is. I actually don't really have much besides the fact that uh, Scott- I feel like I hit a lot. I felt like I did a really good job. For those who don't know, by the way, I texted Jack before my notes app with like all my notes that I like put together. I'm like, hey, am I missing anything? You know, is there anything I need outside of the take bag? And Jack sends me back, LOL. Like what? It's funny that I tried to prep for this podcast. Awesome. Uh, in my defense, I respond back, LOL, just for like, like no reason. <laughs> you didn't say. 
I wrote, I wrote LOL with a question mark, and Jack goes, I'm sorry, I don't know why I wrote that. Yeah, I don't know why I said LOL. Like, it wasn't really a laughing. <laughs> Such a weird response. I was like, I'm, I'm just trying to prep for our yeah, podcast. Yeah, I, I was just trying to say, like, I, I, yeah, I see it, I guess. I don't know. I'm a quick LOL guy. Um, Actually, the only, I don't really have two things, but one is this, is that Scott Kingery is wearing contacts now, and if you thought that I was in on, uh, uh, on the training camp storyline of, of uh, he's learned a new pitch, I mean, I'm on a whole new level with contacts. <laughs> a guy wearing contacts finally be able to see for the first time. I, I'm with you on that. I, 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 I think that matters. Like eyesight is so important as a hitter. So like, I don't know if it will make a difference, but I do. That is the kind of stuff that like, I'm with you like that. That sways me. I hear that. I'm like, he can see, he can finally see. Now my other follow-up to that would be why did it take so long? But we're here, you, you know, know you <laughs> we're finally here. And um, it, it just, there seems to be a good vibe around Kingery. You know, he's lost 10 to 15 pounds. He's wearing contacts now. He's more athletic, he says, and feels like he's flying around. And and last year, I do think was humbling for him. And now he's he's a full, what, two years removed, three years removed from his first year. Where it was just like, he felt like he was drowning and, you know, he just like it was a lot of pressure to give him the contract, and and now the the pressure is pretty much off Kingery. Like it's really only upside from this point on, and and I do think that I, I just I, I think he's going to take the center field, and I think he's going to run with it, and I think we're going to finally see the first um, the first real version of Scott Kingery that we thought we were seeing in um, you know in the minor leagues and coming up through all of that and and all that good stuff. And I would just like yeah. to say, I would just like to say um, the official hashtag of Scott Kingery this year. <laughs> As a, as a full high hopes community and nation is hashtag jetpacks back. I mean, every I can't wait, dude. I can't wait for 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 Scotty to start going off a little bit. And I I need I need the hashtag of jetpacks back to get trending. Um, so it's my main goal. Uh, if Scott could hold up his end of the bargain, that would be great. But jetpacks back is a strong hashtag. Well, you know that High Hopes will hold up. The High Hopes community listeners will hold up their end of the bargain. It's really on Scott because Jetpack's Back is a perfect hashtag if, right? It's like a perfect hashtag if. Yes. Um, so do it, Scott. I'm very with you. And look, just on a basic level, like it's very easy to explain and he might not be good. It might never work out, whatever. But you can very easily make a, a very strong argument for why you think Scott King will be a lot better this year. I mean, he absolutely showed flashes two years ago. He looked at 10, you know, injuries were really the only thing that kind of slowed it down at times. He looked like the guy we thought he could be or flashes of it. And then he had COVID right before the season and was just never the same. Like, so like it's very easy to understand why last year was a wash for him. He just needs to be back. Like he has to bring it this year. This is it. This is a a make or break year for Scott Kinger. Yeah, there's this is the last year you can say like, oh, he's got potential and all that stuff. Like it's over if if he doesn't produce this year, it's over. Um, but 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 I uh, you know, I would like to name Archie Bradley the closer, but uh, I'm not fully there yet. Yeah, we can't yet. do that yet. No, um, I, we need to rain back, rain it in. It's been long enough here where like we kind of got to pull back on the Archie Bradley love until, yeah. yep. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, it's I mean when and and thank you. Let me just say thank you, because I hope listeners are just so far and away the best li- podcast listeners of any podcast on the planet. Like you 
have very strongly let Archie Bradley know what he should do. Yeah. So like, you know, it's there. We can, we just gotta like, let it happen. That's, you know, and I can't, I can't put my whole self into him yep. yet. Yep. I, I'm, I'm, I'm holding back. Yeah. No, listen, I'm I'm with you. I'd love to be all in like the 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 walking into the stadium, you know, the Grateful Dead stuff and you know, he seems really fired up to be there and, and all that stuff. And 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 Archie, I, I, I know you listen to the podcast, so I'm sure you're aware that like uh, I saw that you're gonna be on Chris Rose's new show. That's a podcast. I mean that's a podcast that's not high hopes, so uh I would just like for that to change. And uh listen, if you I mean high hopes, we will be fully behind you if you come on the podcast so um archie it's time it's time all right uh final thoughts because emily just texted me and i gotta go so final thoughts jackie uh there's uh high hops is back at four fingers uh if you want to enjoy some phillies baseball some high hops go to four fingers brewing company and pick up some high hops all right uh my final thought uh jack is really really close to passing me on twitter please uh, make know. this happen in followers it, he cares so much yes and i truly don't care in fact i care in that i want him to pass me like i desperately want jack to have more followers than me so tell everyone you know yeah. he's 200 followers back just tell everyone you know to follow jack fritz on twitter at jack fritz wip and don't unfollow me because that seems like a rude way to make this happen but right. like just Get more people to follow Jack. But also, whatever, good with that? whatever you have to do. If you have to unfollow James. I mean, really, there's no <laughs> really, there's no point yeah. in following James. Well, um, well that's true. I, I I can't argue with that unless you, you know, unless you don't know when High Hopes is coming out. Uh, <laughs> you know, everyone has an app. So. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> go, go take care of Zoe, all right? I'm going to. He's Fritz himself, so we'll see you later.